almost cliche to say that customer expectations when it comes to customer experience have risen greatly over the past few years. However, the gap between great CX and merely good CX has increased at a staggering pace. A small pack of companies who have benefited from a significant head start and are racing ahead of the competition, and the start gap is unlikely to be lost on consumers. Welcome to the National Technology News Podcast. I'm Will McCurdy, Content Editor of National Technology News, and today we're going to look at how companies are using AI to differentiate the customer experience that agents provide in a fiercely competitive customer service environment. Companies are holding more data than ever since the world moved further online during the pandemic, which large established firms have taken advantage of by offering unheralded levels of personalization and service. To compete, firms are looking towards how AI can help their agents, who have more choice than ever regarding how and where they work, perform better. Automating the easy work, preparing them before and after the call, and guiding them towards the next best action in real time. To delve further into these challenges, as well as impossible solutions, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Andy Trabber, Head of Product Marketing at NICE. Hi, Will. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Thanks for coming to the podcast, Andy. No, um, I know how busy everyone is, so I really appreciate it when people can actually spare the time to come on the podcast and talk to us. So um, just to jump straight into things, why do you feel that the gap between good and great CX is getting wider? Yeah, I think it's a great podcast to be on because what's the driving force behind it is technology. And I think, you know, some of the technologies that are really pushing this gap is the brand's ability, first and foremost, to move to the cloud, which allows them to innovate faster. I think the next big shift we saw was mobile and becoming more modal native with our CX to make things easier or provide those experiences at a push of a button. And I think what we're seeing today more and more is AI or artificial intelligence, which is making everything smarter and optimizing the experience. I think, you know, just a a quick anecdote for those technologies would think back to times in the past when you went to a physical location to rent a movie, you know, and now you pick that movie up on a Friday night and think of that experience and how much that's changed where the cloud technologies now allow that movie to be stored and digitized in the cloud and streamed over to your devices at your home. Mobile native technologies now allow you to watch that movie or that media on your device of choice. And AI is now bringing you know, those personalized recommendations into that service to connect you with media and content that you find most enjoying. So I think that technology and these driving forces are really pushing the gap of the brands that use them ahead and the brands that are maybe failing or kind of struggling to adopt those technologies as laggards in the space. Yeah, I really love that example of the video store when it comes to how brands are using the cloud. I mean, I'm old enough to remember video stores, but it almost seems like talking about a gramophone or a Walkman at this point. It just seems so outdated. I mean, the cloud really has changed the game for brands everywhere. So moving on, could you talk about why AI is integral to allowing customer service agents to produce next generation customer service? Yeah, so we kind of then take this technology concept into you know, the traditional context center where consumers are calling in to service a needs event. AI is really integral there because 
first of all, like any job, to be good at it, the employees must be engaged in that work. And AI is really kind of helping drive that engagement before, after, and during all of those service calls. And we'll give you know, some examples of each of these time events. So before the conversation, AI today has really gotten good at automating the simple or the mundane tasks, right? We're no longer having to call in and speak to a live service representative to change our passwords, you know, or handle simple administrative functions. That automation is available, which is great because it's pushed that work off of the, the human agents and into more kind of machines, which has freed them up to do more high-skilled labor and that work is more engaging for them. Also kind of before that connection takes place, you know, there's smart algorithms that are kind of able to prepare agents before the phone call. So be able to push them knowledge of what might've happened earlier in that consumer's journey. So they're not starting that conversation off kind of as a stranger. They have information available, such as who this consumer is, what they might've been achieving. And even with smart routing technologies, brands are able to kind of play matchmaker, if you will, and connect consumers to the agent who's most likely to be successful with them. So you kind of see AI starting to prepare agents better to service consumers and not have that be a random or a kind of starting from scratch moment. And then finally, after the call, we see AI and analytics analyze the interaction that took place to see how was the satisfaction? How did the agent perform across key behaviors? And kind of really do that at scale across 100% of interactions. And that data is really important for engagement because it provides personalized coaching back to that service agent. And then within this competitive job and labor market, what we see even more and more is brands being able to share the success with those agents through compensation programs. So think about if you're a service agent and you're creating these extraordinary experiences, you're starting to get paid more for them, right? And it creates this virtuous cycle where it rewards the employees and aligns the incentives of the organization. And that was before and after. And finally, the, the third one is we're now seeing AI and the technologies work in real time. So during those conversations, how can I appropriately guide the agent and recommend next best actions for them so that they feel that they're in a position to kind of own that conversation and drive those extraordinary CX moments. So I think, you know, really all starts with that engagement piece of AI empowering agents before, after, and during the conversations to set them up for success. Yeah, because as fantastic as replacing all this manual labor is, Ultimately, no one likes having tedious conversations with customer service staff. No one likes repeating whatever day they were born, what their middle name is, what their address is. Everyone's done that a hundred thousand times and no one wants to have to go over that again. So the more knowledge that companies can have, the more companies can understand the consumers, the better from a CX standpoint, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just really key to think about the customer service representatives as that precious resource. You want to make sure that you're utilizing them for as many high stakes or high value add conversations as possible. Yeah, and particularly because we're seeing labor shortages in a lot of the developed world and uh, post-COVID. And um, certainly 
people aren't going to be going for the jobs that make them do boring, repetitive tasks over and over. People are going to want to do jobs where they feel like they are adding value in some way. And that's where AI can come in. So um, moving on, what type of factors keep organizations from identifying the pitfalls in their customer service protocols? I think there's two key factors, really, and they go hand in hand. It's the lack of visibility and the lack of being able to measure. And when you think about it's kind of tying it to that old adage of you can't improve what you can't measure. And this is really where I think, you know, AI and analytics kind of affords the greatest value to these organizations as it allows them across all of the interactions and all of the journeys that the consumers are having to provide this objective and transparent form of measurement and kind of know where are we doing well and where are we not doing well. And from those strengths and weaknesses, be able to put in programs that continuously drive improvement throughout the organization. So I think, you know, if you look at some of the best brands and think of who do you enjoy having as a brand or providing great CX, oftentimes those are very data-driven organizations. They might not come across that on the surface, but when you think of the experiences you're having, whether it's on a digital device or through a live conversation with a service agent, oftentimes, you know, data is kind of being used as a competitive advantage, not only offering personalized service, but carrying your history forward. So you don't have to repeat yourself. And the agent can kind of quickly uncover you know, the resolution to your problem because the data is at their fingertips. So I think, you know, AI and analytics affords these organizations to be very data-driven and through technology, go fast with data to innovate. And the brands that are kind of failing or, you know, having struggles in that, you know, underlying root causes, they really kind of haven't been able to keep up with AI and analytics or haven't, you know, put that front and center within their programs across their organization. Yeah. Companies who can't keep up in this area, they're really getting punished at the moment. Unfortunately, but now the statements you made that links really well into my next question, Andy. So, um, how can firms ensure they have the underlying rich data needed to provide next generation AI enabled services? It's an interesting question in the lens of more and more data is being produced on a daily basis, and so when you kind of think about it, if you're not taking advantage of that data. Other brands in your industry and your competitors are doing that and they're kind of being data-driven as we just discussed. So I think, you know, how can you ensure that you're leveraging that data appropriately is one, first, it's to kind of instill those data-driven practices in your organization. Two is when we think about the types of data that are growing today, it's largely unstructured data. And what we mean by that is it's not data that fits perfectly like in a spreadsheet. It's data that transcribed conversations. It's more difficult to gain an understanding of because you traditionally can't just plop it into an Excel spreadsheet or a pivot table to get a quick understanding. It takes much more sophisticated analytics to derive meaning from it. But that type of data is really suitable for today's AI and analytics, speech analytics, text analytics, and analyzing across all digital channels to derive new data elements. 
So it's really kind of taking that raw unstructured data and almost looking at it as a raw asset that needs to be refined to create more robust data to kind of create better intelligence models off of it. So kind of rounding that off, it's just acknowledging that more and more data is coming into the market. It's largely coming from unstructured sources using AI and analytics to take advantage and refine or derive new data from it to kind of really create the asset that you need to drive these personalized recommendations, create seamless journeys, you know, all of those positive experiences that our brands are using today for competitive advantage. So um, I've got quite a big question for you, Andy. So what would you say are the biggest customer services challenges facing modern firms? And um, how did these change over the pandemic? Yeah, well, that is a big question, but I think the big challenge that all of these brands today are facing, it's the escalating priority of the digital transformation. And I think when we talk about digital transformation, that's been in place for the last few years, maybe even about five years as more and more interactions are happening across these digital channels, like chatbots or even a Google search, proactive notifications that we'll be receiving over SMS or text. Then when the pandemic hit, what literally happened overnight was a lot of the brand's brick and mortar locations shut down. So we stopped having interactions in physical places and those interactions didn't go away. They just kind of came as a tsunami across these digital interactions. So today what's challenging everyone is just how fast can I go? And I realize that if I'm a brand, you know, there's great opportunity to provide CX across this digital space. I can do that 24 seven. I can do it, you know, through automation where I don't have to have labor from a consumer perspective, it's demand. I want to be able to self-service as opposed to having to reach out to a live customer representative. So we have all this confluence of great positive things happening. So I think every brand is just racing towards how can I do more in this digital space and how fast can I go? And really the pandemic accelerated that and brought these technologies years into the future and put that demand front and center. Yeah, so firms have so many opportunities available to them when it comes to CX, and they have so much data available to them. I mean, like you said, the structured data is really just the tip of the iceberg. They have so much unstructured data, and they have so many different avenues they can go down to improve their customer service. And just picking up on just one of the many things you said, self-service, for example, I've seen studies that Generation Z and Millennials a lot of them actually prefer self-service as much as possible. They prefer the slightly more isolated, the less people-centric approach. So just about companies maybe being a bit more flexible in terms of the CX they provide and you know, giving these different demographics what they actually want, whether that be the baby boomers, the Gen Z, Generation X, or millennials. All great points, Juan. I think you see kind of more and more of that demand just taking place as you know, these natural generational shifts happen right, where the baby boomer or kind of those younger generations are creating that demand. But I do think, you know, just one quick comment, the pandemic really for digital CX kind of turned it to be generationalist. And yes, the demand is maybe highest in certain groups, but even my parents and I've seen, you know, kind of across the generation pick up the demand for self-service and digital. 
So I think it's just another interesting phenomenon that's happened where you have these groups of users and kind of consumers who might not have wanted or experimented with a digital channel or self-service, but the pandemic gave them that nudge or kind of pushed them over the edge into that space and they liked it. And now that's even creating more and more demand. That's very true. And the data would definitely back that up in the UK in particular. There was a population in the UK that was resisting the move to online and towards e-commerce, but the pandemic really did leave no choice. And since then, they've been enjoying it and they've been using e-commerce actively. So that's a very true statement. So um, another quite big question. What does the future of customer service look like? I think if, you know, if we're kind of taking a long-term future view of where customer service is going to go, I think it becomes much more digital and it comes much more proactive. So we're really seeing this first one take place where the demand to be available 24-7, the demand to kind of self-service first, to really kind of start my consumer journey with a Google search. All of those activities are driving more and more investment into digital and we're starting to see those experiences in return drive great CX. So I think, you know, there's a virtuous cycle of automation and AI and being able to reduce your expensive labor resources and reserve them as a precious resource to have your high value work. And all of that's kind of this flywheel, if you will, of creating more and more great digital experiences that allow self-service. With that and related, predominantly today, though, experiences are still an inbound channel. It's a consumer having a needs event, whether it's to purchase something, check in, solve a problem, they're reaching out to brands. And I think with more and more data that's being produced and more and more intelligence that will be derived from that data, I see a tipping point in the future where brands will be able to smartly and proactively reach out to consumers to almost predict their needs event and resolve it for them. And really kind of pushing that customer effort down. Some early signs of this, right, that we see today is simple just reminders that we might be receiving over SMS or on our app of, hey, your package is being delivered. It's an hour away. Or the repairman is on his way. He'll be here in an hour. I think more and more of those proactive experiences will be taking place as kind of almost this invisible intelligence that brands create for us to really kind of drive the consumer effort down. Yeah, exactly. The point you made about same-day notifications, that's something that's just become expected by consumers across the board. And it's something that even the NHS or National Health Service is providing. And it's not something you would have gone quite the same way 10 years ago, but it's now something that brands really can't avoid providing their consumers. So um, you've made a lot of great points there, Andy, for listeners, which I think should resonate. So just to round things off, if our listeners would like to learn more about NICE, where would you send them? Yeah, I think, you know, two places, and it should kind of speak true to what we talked about. Find us on digital, look us up on Twitter, our social handle, nice underscore CX. And then obviously online, like this podcast, we have many podcasts, webinars, kind of digital media available to not only learn more about our products, but the great success stories that we're enabling with all of our global customers. So those would be the two recommendations I have. 
So I know I've already said this, but thanks so much for your time, Andy, and to our listeners. Goodbye. I'll see you soon. Great. Thank you, Will. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Bye now.